the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Eye on Real Estate on AM 970. The answer. This is Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. From the heart of New York City and the tri-state area to the most active real estate hotspots across America. Keeping you plugged in to the latest real estate market trends. From mortgage news and legal developments to everything you need to know about buying or selling a property. Benefited by the advice of the experts. Now, here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Happy Saturday. And when I woke up this morning, it was rainy and glim and dark and dreary. And now it looks like it's turning out to be sunny and beautiful. So, not that I wouldn't take the rain, but I like the sun a lot better. Welcome to Iron Real Estate. And as most of you know, the real estate market is unique. It's different all through the United States. And we're here to help you operate within it effectively, whether you're a buyer or a seller in any market that you might be in. And by the way, the real estate business has gotten complicated. So we're here to help you with any financing questions, any real estate questions, any legal questions. Um, It's probably the largest investment most people make. So you want to have the team of experts, and I have all the experts on the show. If you have any questions along the way, feel free to call us at 866-970-9622. And if we can't get you on the air, we'll try to answer your questions. Um, Leave your question with the person that takes the call, and we'll get back to you. And I, on real estate, we always thank them. It's sponsored by Citizens Bank, the place to go for mortgages or just to get mortgage information. You can check their website at citizensbank.com or call them at 800-922-99999. Now, today is an interesting day because last night everybody was sick. Tom was really sick, and Stephen was sick, and I was sick. So everyone was like, oh, I don't know if I can do the show. I'm so sick, and I don't know if I can do the show if I'm so sick. And I said, well, I don't know. I'm sick, too, but... Uh, you know what? Everybody called and said, you know what? We're not feeling great, but we love doing the show, and we don't want to let anyone down. So we're all here, a little off, a little off, you know, the, we all have a little bit of a flu or something or other, um, but we wouldn't want to miss the show. We love doing the show, and we love you, and we love all of your audiences, and we have been doing it for, so I think, 10 years now. So it's kind of... Hey, what would we do without you? You're like our, we're a family. So we're all here today, and uh, I thought, okay. And as by, well, before I tell you that, at 1130, we will be joined by Layla Maiden, and she's a reporter that covers investing for businesses inside based uh, in, New, in the New York Reporter covering uh, New York and all markets. She uh, is an investing correspondent in the market division 
out of New York. She covers stocks, commodities, crypto, which I heard is doing pretty bad. Um, she also profiles high successful stock traders and fund managers about their strategies. And she's also a host of Block Street and on-camera business insight feature that interviews key players about crossroads between traditional digital markets. Now, that column kind of is, like, heavy. And, you know, a lot of people say, gee, what do I know about digital markets? Well, we're going to try to, like, little by little, in baby steps, go through everything. Some of you might know a lot. Some of you might not know some. But, you know, everything's changed during the pandemic. And so we want to keep up on the language of today. So we will start introducing some of that. Um, she was um, she switched to journalism after being in foreign policy and international relationships. So she is really very, very, very versed. You'll want to listen to her. Of course, you can listen to us live, as you are on nine seventy The Answer, or you can go to the iTunes store and click on Iron Real Estate or DottieHerman.com, and then you'll see Ion Real Estate anywhere. Just you know, just click, click on my name, or just click on YouTube, and you'll see Ion Real Estate, and you can get us live. So, um, And this way you can do it at your convenience, and if you miss something, you can always follow through and listen to it another day. I have a monthly newsletter, if you'd like to read it, www.DottieHerman.com. So... With that, I thought we were talking about, okay, what should we talk about today? And I thought this was amusing. Last night, or yesterday, I should say, I went and bought about 15 papers, okay? All different ones. And I just want, and this is what everyone is listening to and everyone is reading. So before I do that, I want to say good morning, Tom, and I thank you for being sick and being on. And good morning, Stephen. Same thing. I mean, everyone's so dedicated here, and I, I Thank can't you. tell you they give up, <laughs> they give up their time because they want to make sure that you have all the current information. And to prove my point about how many different stories go on, that people are so confused. Here are some of the headlines that um, luxury brands record. It was a lucky year for them. Home buyers set. Sites further away since, oh, they can drive now 50 miles. They'll, now the average driver is driving 50 miles to work rather than 15. I don't believe half of this stuff, but let me go on. Robust hiring is good, but it, robust hiring is now showing signs of cooling off. Hiring is cooling off. How is the economy doing? Well, that depends on where you look. And in this article, which is in the New York Times, um, you, I mean, I'm not going to read the whole article to you, but it really tells you, like, it depends on where you are and what you look at, so it really doesn't give you one straight answer. That's okay. Another, this is another, this is probably, this is another. How is the economy do, for doing? Not sure. Uh, this one. This is all yesterday's papers. Dow surges 1,201 points, okay? Wall Street jumps on encouraging inflation report. Another page. Mortgage rates above 7%. Watch out. Another paper. Inflation slows market. 
inflation slows, excuse me, inflation slows, but markets soar. Stocks see the biggest one gain, one day gain since April 2020. Another one. Study reveals more think recession will be severe. Economists expecting worse results and things to rise even more at 12%. Now, some of them say that the recession is down, that it's going. And this one says inflation eases, but not much. Dip to 7.7 could see signal prices have, re, have peaked. The other one just said that it's very severe. It's going up to 12%. And this one says crypto crash. Okay, now these are just about 10 papers I read. You know, just, these are just the headlines. So let me ask you guys, what is this telling us? Well, that made um, everything very clear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, sure it, it seems like people have nothing to worry about uh based on that um <clears throat> look it, 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 it well, look i think you have to look beyond the headlines right with everything i think we always say that every week uh you know beyond the headlines kind of shows yeah there are some green shoots out there right if if you looked at the graph of inflation uh even mark zandy who's the Chief economist at Moody's Analytics, he says he, you know, he feels that inflation has peaked and it's beginning to roll over, right? And it's not going to drop, you know, overnight, but I, I think it's on a good trajectory right now. So those are positives for the market in general. And you know, you saw a lot of investors jumping in because they did see the signs of that, right? Um, so fingers crossed that maybe we have a soft landing uh, with the recession and nothing that's catastrophic but it's still unknown right there's it's just a hope i think at this point well yeah but some some are saying that we're going to get the recession in 2023 that it's you see some say we're already i, I think Stephen, didn't we speak a couple of weeks ago that by definition we were really in a recession by true definition even though it really was mild and in a real recession and a severe recession you don't have the job market is good but at the same token, yes. if you, some of the articles are predicting disastrous results in 2023. And the reason I bring all this up is, you're reading all these articles, it's like politics. You know, depending on, I don't want to get into politics. I don't try to touch that subject on the show. But depending on what station you, li- you watch, you could already know what they're going to talk about and who they're going to put down and who they're going to put, who they're going to say is bad. You just have to put on the station and listen to the news that you want to hear. I'm not sure if any of them are exactly accurate because news doesn't report strict news anymore. They report news with their opinion or their spin on it, and that's so be it. But neither do the papers. So if you're a buyer or you're a seller, and that's hopefully, or, you know, you just like to keep up with real estate, or you have children that are buying real estate. Reading all these articles, people have sent emails to me and said, oh, should I wait till the recession? Should I wait till we go down? Because they are predicting in some papers a recession severe in 23. Some papers are saying jobs are still strong, but we can't get anyone to fill them. Um some are saying that inflation, is, well, most are saying inflation is down a bit, but not enough. 
um, and, and that it's going to be a long time since they come down. Um, I just read a big article that's the end of the middle class, which I won't go into today. So what I'm trying to get at is we're really hearing conflicting messages. And if I'm trying to put myself in a bar, in any, anyone, whether it's myself, Tom, Steve, you, if you're trying to make a crucial well, decision, what would you do? Who would you listen to? Well, I think that, I, first of all, you've got to always try to find out the why. You know, and, and, I'll, and I'll tell you, there's a lot of people with their own projections on things, um, and specifically on real estate, but I want to hit a couple of things because you've talked about so many important items, is, you know, there was Zillow and Redfin set up funds to buy residential real estate around the country, and they have both this year shut them down. And these are two companies with tremendous amounts of assets, tremendous amounts of knowledge, and they really analyze the market incorrectly. So, you know, it's sort of like any military strategy. You make your plans, and then when the battle starts, you kind of also toss it out the window a little bit because you're in a dynamic environment. Now, I want to make a comment about crypto first because, Dottie, you know I've been a bit of a crypto skeptic. Um, yes, always. And the, always. And, and the, the, the bottom line is, in my opinion, you know, the problems are still not done with crypto. Um, there's some very interesting innovations behind it, um, but the fundamental problem of what it is and what it's not and how it's regulated, how it's not, and how these exchanges are run, you know, are, are really being stress tested and, and they really do fall apart. And, and the savior, for those following it, the savior over the summer, FTX, just fell apart and went bankrupt in a matter of a couple of days this past week. So that, that is very important to be wary over there. The other thing I do want to point out is the Federal Reserve is limited. And we do have one problem, I think, in how we handle things. We always are fighting, in my opinion, the last war, right? They're looking at how inflation has occurred historically, and let's bring out the same tools. I think one of the issues that we're having with inflation is that there are some things that are different that are going on. And you can't use a hammer to tighten the screw, and they only have a hammer, right? So I, I think what you're seeing is, yes, the rate of inflation is going down. But, Dottie, going down from around eight and a half to seven and three quarters, to me, is not impressive, right? When we're trying to get down to two or three, sure, it's going in the right direction, but it's really not where it needs to be. And if they get this wrong, there are some countries that are having disastrous inflation. Um, look at a country like Turkey, where they kind of went the other way, and this last year their rate of inflation is just off the charts. Um, so you want to really find out what the causes are, whether it's supply chain, whether it's you know hiring. But we have different things going on in the economy. We have a real onshoring of manufacturing, too. So there's a lot of pieces uh, to this going on right now. When it bring it back to real estate, though, yes, the higher interest rates hurt some buyers, but we're seeing plenty of people buy all cash or with smaller mortgages. And so there's definitely transactions in the market. It's a different market. You need to understand the market. But I want to be clear, people are definitely doing transactions. Oh, for sure. 
But I'm just saying, I mean, I had a few email questions, and these were people probably who read articles that said, um, we are going to have a full-blown recession in 2023, and there's been a bunch of articles like that. Uh, so somebody who might, so I had an email that said, Dottie, you know, should I wait? Because obviously if there's a, if there's a full-blown recession in 23, which um, I I wouldn't know, and I don't think any, nobody knows for sure, as you said, um, then they're saying, should I wait till the prices fall? Because if there's going to be a recession, then maybe I should just wait. Um and, um, you know, no one has the answer. These are people just, you know, based on, as you said, Steve, past, you know, past trends. And I think the pandemic kind of changed a lot of things. Saying, well, maybe then I should wait. Why should I buy now? If if next year is going to be worse, then I should be able to get prices cheaper. Now. Not necessarily. I'm going to throw that out there. Not necessarily. And I'm going to make this one point to our listeners. We were all here when 9-11 happened. What happened to the people who bought right before or immediately after and just held their real estate? They, they oh, did they well. Did. And that was a, it, it that was a catastrophe. And right. 2008, in 2008, when there was financial contagion, and literally we had TARP, right? We had the federal government going in, buying out banks, forcing mergers, Right, with Lehman Brothers disappearing. I mean, there was a real risk of an epic financial collapse on an institutional level, unseen. Anyone who bought right before, right after, made a lot of money. My point being is there are always cycles, but those two are two rarely recent events, in the last, both in the last 20 years, and people had real opportunities. So what I would say to people... It's an old adage in real estate. You make your money on the buy. Look carefully. Look thoroughly. There are opportunities there. And, and operate from common sense, not from fear. Forget the general label. If you see a good transaction, you do it. And, hey, I'd like to add one thing, too, just for the listeners, that <clears throat> from my perspective, right, uh, from the lending perspective, there are still an enormous amount of qualified buyers out there, <clears throat> like, like unprecedented amount. And, you know, they're, they have this in the back of their mind, too, right, that, hey, I still need to buy something, my family's growing, whatever the needs are. And the inventory is still not where it, you know, a norm, quote-unquote normal market would be. Uh, so I think if you see any signs of, um, you, know, um, you know, just a drop in rates or anything like that, I mean, you're going to get another big surge of buyers coming into the market. So, hey, you know, that saying we've been hearing uh, lately is, you know, marry the house, date the rate, marry the house. So if you find something that works for you, buy it. You can always refinance down the road when rates come down. But you don't want to miss out on something that really works well for your family. Right. Now, again, we're all giving you our points of view, which might be the same or they might be different. Um, My point of view is if you are looking for a home, and I, we've, I think all three of us have always said to you, you cannot time the housing market. Like, you just can't time it. If you were seriously looking for a home, I would not stop looking for it. I would continue to look. I would continue to work with a good broker. And I would make sure that I was out there 
because they're all there are always going to be deals. We have a break coming up. I'll continue this right after our commercial break. We'll be right back. We're talking about should you buy, should you wait, what should you do? What can you expect at Adelphi University? Don't expect ordinary, because this is where extraordinary happens every day. Classes, smaller. Professors, more like mentors. Clubs and organizations to jump into, over 90. Graduating salaries, 28% higher than the national average. Over $70,000 a year for baccalaureate grads. A U.S. News & World Report best college with exceptional undergraduate programs, graduate and doctoral programs, certificates and continuing education. Top-ranked academics with hands-on learning in healthcare, STEM, arts and humanities, social work, psychology, and the business and teaching professions. With career guidance that's won national recognition. More scholarships, more internships, more friendships. Wherever you're going, whatever your age, whatever your goal, you can expect extraordinary. Adelphi University. Learn more at adelphi.edu slash exceptional. Progressive Insurance protects people's cars, homes, and other vehicles. But if you've ever seen our commercials or even just heard our name, you probably already knew that. What you may not know is that we support Humble Design, a nonprofit that furnishes homes for families and veterans emerging from homelessness. Because a little help goes a long way. And a lot of help. Well, you get the idea. Now, if you already knew all of this about Progressive Insurance, we're impressed. We'll have to find something else cool to tell you next time. Find out more about how we're dedicated to our customers and communities at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Listen up, ladies. There's finally a probiotic created just for women. Probiotic HX Women is formulated to include clinically proven strains of probiotic to optimize vaginal pH and create a normal bacterial environment in the body. Many women have experienced an imbalance in the vaginal microbiome and know just how bothersome it can be. Our formula contains a powerful combination of healthy bacteria to promote urinary tract health and helps to restore healthy vaginal flora. Containing lactobacillus strains shown to be effective in targeting the bacteria that cause UTIs. Take advantage of this limited time offer. Buy one bottle of Probiotic HX Women at retail and get the second bottle free. Contact Invite at 800-673-2345. That's 800-673-2345. Taking care of all aspects of your health is important to women. Call now, 800-673-2345. That's 800 673 2345. I'm Scott from the History Unplugged podcast. History can be a bit of a tongue twister with its weird sounding names of people, places, and things, but it really isn't that confusing. History is the story of who we are and how we comport ourselves while soaring to victory in battles over forts, seaports, and cities that fortunately thwarted the schemes of villains and their blood sports, like the 1415 Battle of Agincourt. It's about legal battles in courts, about the contortion of torts over the retorts of consorts that turned into kangaroo courts. I exhort you to listen to History Unplugged on the podcast player of your choice, and you can listen to it while wearing shirts, shorts, skirts, skorts, or jean jorts. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. If you love Broadway, movies, and music, then tune in to Broadway at the Russian Tea Room, Sunday afternoons at 5. Host Rob Taub interviews the biggest stars, writers, and directors, plus film and theater critics, along with people behind the scenes, from doctors and fitness experts to casting directors, stagehands, and dressers. It's the only show of its kind, and it's right here on AM 970, The Answer. 
Hi there, advertiser. You've been flirting with all those social platforms lately, haven't you? Paying for every click? That can add up. What you need is a more rewarding relationship. You need me, New York City Radio. I'm the opposite of high maintenance. Some people even call me cheap, just not to my face. New York City Radio, the cheap, sorry, cost-effective way to get your ads heard by over 16 million New Yorkers every week. Visit nycradioads.com to meet the media channel you'll fall in love with. Sponsored by New York City Radio Stations. Continuing with Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. Here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. Okay, we're back. You're listening to I Am Real Estate. I'm here with Thomas True, our financing expert, and Stephen Ebert, our, our real estate attorney and legal expert, and myself. I consider myself a pretty good real estate expert. Um, in, in addressing the questions we're talking about with such conflicting information and people are kind of, you know, should I buy, should I wait, will there be a recession, will I get a price, better price than homeowners, no, if there's a recession, maybe I shouldn't sell my house at all. Well, I found a, a, a question that was addressed to CNBC, and I thought this kind of answered it all. It was from CNBC, and the person asked, should I wait for real estate prices to crash before I buy a house? Now, Personally, I don't think real estate prices are going to crash, but that's my opinion. And then, going back to Steve's point, here are three simple reasons why this housing downturn is nothing like 2008. Two years in, this decade has already brought a global pandemic record-setting inflation, rising interest rates, and a country more divided than ever before. So why not housing crash, too? It says if you've lived through, which most of us have, the 2008 crisis, you may be watching the red-hot market starting to cool and getting flashbacks. Now, the market is cooling. But as I said, if you compare the market to 2021, which was the start of the pandemic, basically, when everybody was moving, everybody was looking for more space or to get out, um, it's an unfair I just, it's an unfair comparison because that's kind of a, a once-a-lifetime thing. From perspective homeowners, some think it's appealing to put your plans on pause until the market bottoms out so you can snag a house at a great price. I don't agree with that. Experts say there are good reasons to believe that, however, this shakes out. And this will not, as Stephen said, return to 2008, which will no doubt be a relief to anyone Who's worried about that? And the reason it won't be is, and Tom, you could probably ch- chime in on this. This in 2008, lenders were very lax. This this time, lenders stopped being so lax. Blame it on the banks. Um, you know, in 2008, a huge contributor to the housing crisis in 2008 was dicey lending practices within the financial industry. Okay. So, you know, they let anybody get a mortgage. You know, you didn't have to really have any money. While the act's effectiveness has been called into question over the years, it has undoubtedly forced leaders to be stricter about their lending practices. So, Tom, to their point, which means fewer bank, fewer people will land in hot water because the lending practices in the last year or two have been tougher. They just didn't give mortgages to anyone, correct? 
That's absolutely correct. Yeah. So now banks are obligated by the uh, QM mortgage, quality mortgage, and the ability to repay. So pretty much every loan we originate, the borrower is qualified to uh, to pay back the loan at the time of closing, which I can tell you was definitely not the case in you know 2007, 2008, when literally everybody could get a mortgage. I remember my uh, <clears throat> my landscaper at the time said uh, came up to me. He didn't know I was in the mortgage business. He was like. Hey, if you need a mortgage, just let me know. And I was like, wait, what are you talking about? <laughs> so everybody was in the mortgage business. Everybody could get financing. Um, and that has definitely changed dramatically from that time to today. So, right. yeah, I mean, everybody that's uh, we have pre-approved and ready to go, they, they can qualify. And, uh, you know, just right. uh, if there's no big downturn, a big change in the market in terms of employment, I think and you'll see that. also is that, Tom, and you would know this, nearly 70% of the new mortgage holders that bought within the last two years had a credit score of 760, which is high, or more. So they didn't do what they did in 2008 and just take anybody that really couldn't afford to buy a house. So because the lending practices were stricter, okay, people obviously didn't get a mortgage if they really couldn't afford one, which was the case in 2008. Um, the mortgage forbearance programs allowed struggling borrowers to pause their payments until they could get back on their feet, and it worked. By the end of March, the share of mortgage balances 90-plus days past remained at only 0.5%, which is an historic low. Um, compared to 2010, when delinquencies of single-family homes hit a 30-year high of 11.36%. Now, and, and, and on top of that, in the last two years, rising home prices have translated into increased equity for homeowners. In total, mortgage holders now have $2.8 trillion more in tappable equity compared to a year before. So if you bought a house in the last two years, okay, you, your house went up. Okay, in two years, which generally, you know, it takes more than two years for a house to really go up, the the prices rose so high that even if you bought a house two years ago, and even if we cool off as we are cooling off a little bit, and prices kind of level out or stay the same or maybe have a little leeway, you still are probably going to have equity because of the high prices that we had and, 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 and the amount of money that people paid. Now, Tom, you also mentioned supply. Now, grant you, we had no supply. I think we would have sold even more houses more if we had supply. It is true that supply is opening up. We are getting more listings, but, you know, and, and we do have more inventory than we did two years ago. However, we still do not have too much inventory. We don't have an oversupply of inventory. We have more, which is good for the buyer because it gives you some flexibility. It allows you to be able to speak to a homeowner, whereas I said last week, you know, in 21 and 22, if you didn't have all cash, there were 15 offers, and the homeowner didn't even speak to you. So now, because there is a little bit more supply, but we still have many more buyers, you're able to at least speak to a homeowner and you can at least try to negotiate some fair offer, okay? Um, so in comparison, there's a huge demand now, 
and there's still a shortage of supply. And that leaves us really in a kind of a, a still seller's market. Um, we're seeing a softening in rate of increase in prices, but we don't, and I don't. And again, nobody knows the future, but I don't see prices dropping like, like to ridiculous amounts. I just see things getting kind of on an even keel where you can negotiate and you can, you know, ask for certain things, which two years ago, you know, all cash or I'm not even speaking to you. They had so many offices. Now, home prices are continually falling from record highs over the summer. But before buyers break out the champagne to celebrate, the cruel twist in this story is that despite lower prices, buyer, buying a home has become even more expensive for mo- most folks. And the reason is, in, you know, like in September, the national median price, and I don't go by the Northeast because this is like the national, so it's low, was 427 down 4.9% from an all-time high of 449 While that might seem rosy for buyers, home prices were still about 13.9% higher than they were last September. So you're getting kind of a seasonal break. Um but, you know, I don't see any fire sale. Um, this week, mortgage interest rates, are they 7% or do they go down a little bit, Tom? Hey, they actually dip below uh, 7% on Thursday. So that's that's very good news. Um, haven't seen that for quite some time. So, I mean, we're not popping the champagne corks, but uh, but it is, it is a positive uh, way to end the week for sure. Yes, and so the the market is moving in a buyer, in, let's put it this way, in a more buyer-friendly direction, okay? So for buyers, that's good news. Now for sellers, you might say, oh, if I sold my house last year, I would have got X amount more. I could have taken all cash. You're still getting good numbers. We have no fire sales. The market has just cooled off. People are taking kind of a deep breath and kind of just saying, okay, let me just see what's going on. And um, we're also in a season where well, the holidays are coming up, so generally the season is slower. But this is really a return to a more normal market because what we had during the pandemic, I'll ask all three, or both of you, was that normal? No. Definitely not. The nation still has 42.6% fewer homes for sale than in 2019. Remember that. 42.6% fewer homes for sale than in 2019. The number of new listings dropped 9.8% year over year. So we're still in a, a negotiable market, healthier Ever experience a great steak at a fine restaurant and wondered, why can't you get that great quality at home? Pat Lafreda Meat Purveyors supplies many of New York and New Jersey's fine restaurants. Now you can get the same high-quality selection of meats for your most important customer, your own family. Lafreda deals in only premium 100% black Angus cattle raised and grazed in the United States. Their only focus is meat. You won't find any frozen side dishes or gimmicks here. Offering every kind of meat in 
every cut, such as tomahawk, bone-in ribeye, porterhouse, center-cut filet, to name a few, supplying only the highest quality beef, pork, lamb, veal, poultry, and America's best burger chop meat blends. Shipped overnight, cut the night you place your order, and always fresh, never frozen. To order, go online at lafreda.com, L-A-F-R-I-E-D-A.com. Dr. Gorka here, and I want to talk to you for a minute about the 100% drug-free relief factor. We all deal with aches and pains in our day-to-day lives, and I have had my fair share, including injuries like a detached quad muscle that, I can tell you, fell into the category of really bad pain. But I've been able to manage the pain by taking relief factor. It helps your own body to attack and fight off sources of inflammation, the source of most of our aches and pains, and I've loved it for years. Now, almost 70% of the more than half a million people who have tried Relief Factor end up ordering more. That's because it works for them the way it worked for me. Isn't it time for you to get out of pain? Your first step to becoming pain-free should be to order the three-week quick starter pack for the discounted price of only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com, call 800-4-RELIEF to find out more about this offer. Feel the difference. Hey, I just spoke to my buddy Alex Cancella at Route 22 Toyota, and he told me that anyone looking to beat these ridiculous gas prices should get over to see them at Route 22 Toyota in Hillside, New Jersey. That's because they've got one of the area's largest inventories of new Toyota vehicles, including the most fuel-efficient vehicles, like the 39-mile-per-gallon Toyota Camry, the 41-mile-per-gallon RAV4 Hybrid, or the one that started it all, Toyota Prius, which gets a combined 56 miles per gallon. No need to re mortgage your house just to fill up the tank call route 22 toyota at 973-705-8905 let them show you which fuel efficient toyota is right for you plus they're making it easier than ever to get out of your gas guzzler by offering 125 percent of book value on your trade that's right any make any model 973-705-8905 schedule an appointment at route 22 toyota they'll give you 125 percent book value towards a fuel efficient toyota and remember tell them joe piscopo sent you Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. My doctor told me my cholesterol is borderline, so I took control with Garlic Healthy Cholesterol Formula. Garlic helps maintain healthy cholesterol safely and naturally. It's odor and taste-free, and Garlic is a world leader in garlic potency. I'm taking charge of my cholesterol with Garlic Healthy Cholesterol Formula, cholesterol's natural enemy. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. The term natural reference is only the garlic in the product. Use as directed. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Continuing with Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. Here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. We're back, and I'm here with... Thomas Drew and Stephen Ebert, and we're all experts in our business. And we're telling everyone, I mean, if you're reading the papers or you're reading whatever you're reading, there's so many different predictions on the housing market and what it's going to do. And I've had so many questions. Should I wait? Um, should I, are we going to fall into a recession? Are prices going to go down to hell? Now, no one knows for sure. My guess is no. They might slow up a little bit. 
and you might be able to negotiate, and they might come down a bit, and it depends, you know, we're talking all over the country, so certain areas of the country are going to be higher than the other. Like, I can tell you, Florida, the prices are off the wall. Um, now, remember, there's a driving force. The, the housing, the, 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 the downturn of housing is a deliberate craft, okay, and that's because they raised rising, they raised interest rates. Why did they raise interest rates to curb inflation? They don't want people to spend as much. So because interest rates rose, it'll tell you that less people can buy. They'll say, oh, maybe a lot of people are are just knocked out of the market. And I say, and this is my opinion, and I'm going to ask Stephen and Tom, because we're giving you an opinion. Uh, I don't think anybody that writes anything knows for a fact. If you're looking for a house, continue to look for a house. I would say buy something that you can afford. Don't go crazy and get into a bidding war like they did in 21, where people were paying 100000 sometimes 150000 more than the house was worth. Buy what you can afford, okay? And, you know, and, but if you, if you look at Goldman Sachs' forecast, and, again, that's just their forecast, if, they, if that, their forecast comes to fruition, it will mean next year is the bottom of the housing downturn. So they feel that we have another year, okay, that in 2024 the investment banks expect housing activity to begin to rebound. They also see, according to Goldman Sachs, home, right, home prices growth climbed to 3.5% in 2024 and 3.8% in 2025. Now, that might not seem like a much, but that's a lot because, I don't know, Stephen, what would you guess prices went up from 21 and 22? They were like a ridiculous number, like unheard of. Well, you know, Dottie, the, the problem is we have a lot of average numbers in there, right? We're not talking about we're in the market. We're not talking about neighborhoods. We're not right. talking about the second home market, which we talked a lot during the pandemic, um, type of housing, right, condo versus single family. So, what I would say is this, of all the data that we that we talked about earlier today and all the trends, there is one that's a long-term one that has me, that that's important to me. All the other stuff out there is short-term. Did I, did, I, did I time it perfectly? You know, it's always a tough thing to do, right? Because with your house, it's about where you live and also the uniqueness of that house. And remember, even if you slightly overpaid for your house, you stopped paying rent if it's your primary residence. So you got to factor that into the calculation, right? Your primary residence is different than an investment property or a commercial space too. So we got to be careful which type that we're talking about, a property. But what does have me concerned, and I think we're going to see trends in how people live, is that middle-class squeeze that you were talking about. When you look at the total cost of the down payment, insurance, Insurance has gone up a lot across the country, right? Um, taxes, ut- the growth, the cost of utilities. The question is, right, for the middle class, and I know everyone defines the middle class a little bit differently, so through the colloquial middle class, it, it can be very, very tough. And, um, and what you're seeing is also even higher cost markets like the Northeast, the fact is a lot of the country ha- is catching up to the Northeast prices, right? People used to say years ago, oh, you can go down to South Carolina, get right. a relatively right. steal of a property. 
a lot of those deals have have aren't there anymore. Um, so that that's something to keep in mind. And I think what we're going to see is over time, and, and this is, has repercussions, I think, for the nature of the country, are we going to see more people, A, living in multifamily housing versus the single-family residence that were, you know, your classic suburbs, and B, the other trend which we didn't get a chance to talk today, which I don't see stopping, is the role of hedge funds, of large institutional investors buying up single-family residences and then turning what would normally be primary residence-owned single-family homes to a community of renters of single-family homes. And I think that's a very important trend because that gets to the heart and the nature of being able to create wealth in the country that we're going to see over time. Okay, can you go through that again because that's really important. And there are a lot of institutional buyers. As a matter of fact, you probably made money if you invested in any of their funds that are buying tons of single-family homes. And as yeah. Stephen said, they're turning them into rentals. Yeah, we're seeing a trend we've never really seen before because you can aggregate the data differently, right? It used to be if, let's say, you're a major institutional fund, the cost of doing your due diligence to, let's say, buy a house for a half a million dollars makes absolutely no sense, right? The the time it takes, how you manage it. So they would stick to either commercial projects or bigger developments, you know, a 200-unit apartment building or something like that. But what they've been able to do, and there are certain ways to collect data that's changed, um, is buying really pools uh, of single-family homes or literally having agents that just say, here's the price point, just buy up every house you can in the neighborhood and just go right in all cash. And so what's happened is you're seeing um, neighborhoods where um, this never happened before, where let's say institutional investors might own, you know, 30% of the neighborhood when that wouldn't happen before. You might have a one-off landlord here and there, right? We talk about so many times property owners only own a couple of properties, you're now talking about investment funds that have pools of thousands of single-family residences. And that's something very new. And I don't see that trend going away. And that's very important in understanding, yeah, in understanding your local market um, if you're a homeowner. But don't forget, many people who are kind of real estate savvy, or not even real estate savvy, just believe in real estate, took advantage of the prices when they were down and bought properties. Okay? So those people are, you know, are ahead of the game. And I usually think that because we have so many buyers that have not, you know, the, the millennials is a big generation, and that's the major buying generation. Um, I think that, again, you can't, as Stephen said, we're talking in general terms because specific areas are going to, to demand specific prices. So there's some areas that are not that high in demand and others that are. Okay, but I can tell you this, that if it were me, okay, I would not stop looking. I would be there looking because a lot of people stopped. They just took a pause. So actually... You have a benefit, and there are people that do have to sell. And if you have to sell and you get a buyer, I mean, I really think you should go for it. 
And I think that you should see what comes out there because it's not that the market stopped. It's just that you're hearing all these negative things, and they're saying, oh, well, maybe I should wait because the prices fall down. Again, I'm not a fortune teller, and neither is anyone else. I don't see prices uh, like falling to a fire sale unless something happens in this country that I didn't predict. You know, I see prices uh, leveling off, right? I mean, maybe there will be a little I bit. Agree, I agree down. with you. I mean, they may go up, they may go a little bit up, a little bit down. The rates may change. But if we're talking about general trends for a second, the reality is this. We have a housing shortage. We don't have a housing exactly. surplus. We ha- we're actually a very unusual country in many ways, but when it comes to demographics, most of the peer G20 countries that are out there are, you know, the top 20 economies in the world. They're going through, they're in the middle of or at the beginning of population decline. We're very unusual in that we're still actually growing as a population. And that's a very, very important point. So we have wealth generation. We have the baby boomers going towards retirement. So you're going to see a lot of wealth transfer. And at the same time, population growth. That is an unusual formula. And it's relative, well, not perfect. It's relatively way more stable than a lot of other countries. Look at Japan. Look at Italy. Look at Spain. There, I mean, you can go and you can get a free house in Sicily in certain areas. They will literally say, as long as you agree to move in and renovate it, we'll basically give you the house for free in certain towns in Sicily because the population is going through such a decline. I mean, you know, it's, I mean, there's really some interesting trends that are out there. And, and, and I'll tell people this, that China's at the beginning of such a problem, too. They are at the beginning of starting to feel the effects of that one China, one child policy they had for years. So I, I can't say enough to when you want to look at real estate in the long term residential, it's all about is the population increasing, decreasing or stable is wealth generation per capita. Is it there? or It's not. Is employment opportunity there? Those are the main drivers. Everything else will tweak things, but those are the big three that will really push it in a certain direction um, and talk about value change. Yes, and I know, you know, even though you're really, there's a lot of, you you might be reading a lot of doom and gloom, and that is kind of really, seems to be dominating a lot of real estate headlines, but if you really read it, it's not really anywhere bad, as they they think. Um, buyers may have a lot more power than they realize right now. There's no denying that the cost of buying a house has risen for the last couple of years. But if you dig into your data, you'll find out that many homeowners might be actually in the driver's seat right now. Um, home, you know, prices have dropped, not a tremendous amount, but they've dropped. Sellers, you need to be more flexible. And by the way, a tip for sellers, my tip of the day for sellers and I hear this all the time from brokers. Oh, but my seller told me, don't, I don't want to hear any offers under this price. Well, first of all, as Steve can tell you, that is against the law. As a real estate agent, we must present every offer, even if it was a dollar. Okay? And second of all, if you're a seller, never do that. Listen to all offers. Some people want to come in low and they'll end up high. Okay? 
don't ever tell a, 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 an agent, don't bring me any offers if they're under a price. You should listen to all offers. Wouldn't you agree? A hundred percent. You never know where the deal is. I, I am, and also never be offended by an offer. You should be appreciative of every offer because someone's interested in your property. I know some people say, oh my gosh, I can't believe they bid so low. Well, yeah, maybe they're looking for a deal. And what you do, and this is business, and this is exactly why it's generally a very bad idea to not have an agent and do it yourself, because so many people take a psychological reaction when it's just business and say, look, thank you for your offer. I appreciate it. It's really not in the ballpark. Maybe you should reconsider. Here's some information to think about. But you always start a conversation, because if you're selling a property, your goal is to sell the property. So what you don't do is turn people away. The same thing with a buyer. A lot of buyers sometimes can't look past superficial things. I remember when I bought our house. The prior owner, very nice people, they got a little too creative as far as I can say with paint colors. I mean, they had some bright oranges. They had, they had mauve on one ceiling. And the house is terrific. And, and, and I remember even talking to my neighbor afterwards. They said, oh, by the way, did you repaint that ceiling? I said, yeah. They said, yeah, the prior owner kind of even regretted. They, they knew they got a little too creative with that one. And I said, so what? It's a coat of paint. You know? you know, but sometimes people get so caught up in things. Remember the basics of stuff. Remember what you're fundamentally looking for. Paint colors, don't even look at it. You can make it whatever you want to make it. And that's so important. And the last thing, Dottie, want to remember, we all know that there's a seasonality to the market. There's not a lot of people that say, I want to spend my Thanksgiving weekend, my New Year's Day, looking at real estate. So we all know what happens is this time of year, you have a natural decrease in activity because people are prepping for the holidays. And so what does happen is properties that are on the market tend to be a little bit staler and maybe not the ones that are the eye-grabbing at the first time. So keep that in mind where, A, maybe there's a buying opportunity, but also, B, if you're looking at those prices, it's going to statistically underweight price per square foot than, than what you'd get and achieve in more of the peak periods of the market. Yeah, I know we're getting to a break for the news, but um, I don't know if Tom, because he was sick and was still on, but I, we might have another interest rate hike. I'm not sure, but my guess, and this is just a guess, if we do, it's not going to be as big as I'm hoping. It's not a big one. I, I think it's just the minor. Um, but I want to continue to talk about this and what to do and what you should do as a buyer and a seller in this market and see maybe some legal stories that you could tell us of some of the things that your clients are speaking to you about. We'll be right back. You don't want to miss this. This is important. Eye on Real Estate with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank N.A. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.